This episode is recorded in front of a live studio audience. You're listening to The Art of Comedy with Sandra Carusi on Peach Radio. Welcome to The Art of Comedy. I'm Sandra Carusi with a very special Pride edition and celebration of Pride Week coming up this weekend in Toronto. Woo! Of course, we're in front of a live studio audience and our very special guest is our grand dame of comedy and the LGBT community and everything else very cool in Canada and beyond. Maggie Casella. Hello. Hello. I want to tweet this. What is, what are, Peach, what, what are we Peach on? PeachRadio.com. Okay, I'm tweeting. Isn't that cool, Peach? Does that excite you? Does that sound well, cool? Well, I mean, I drove by the Georgia Peach once, and if anybody's ever driven to Georgia and you have a, a propensity to like the uh, nether regions of the female, <laughs> um, that peach is hot. <laughs> Maggie, your bio is so long, but we're going to keep it down to... 25 minutes. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. You have a double degree in philosophy and women's studies. And that was useful. Yes. Well, and then <laughs> you got kidding. your, you, you went into teaching philosophy and religion. I did. That was fun. I taught philosophy and religion at a private school in Connecticut. You can't say that without actually <laughs> opening your <laughs> teeth because everyone there talks like Mrs. Howell. Then you went into, got your law degree. Because of my student loans came due, right? So I had to do something. <laughs> Well done. And then you did pro bono work um, um, with cases involving AIDS. Didn't want to get paid ever. Um, that was at the beginning of the uh, HIV uh, uh, epidemic. Um, and I should actually face the microphone. No, that's okay. um, and that was really weird and scary and frightening. And everyone who I saw died within mm. six months. And I was in the States. So the insurance companies uh, didn't want to pay. And it was really, really... Um, it was, we got busy. The Dykes got busy, man. We got busy and we started taking names and numbers and I was like, you know, nobody's going to help our mm -hmm. brothers but us. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. And, uh, you know, it was a horrible time, except the part of it that wasn't horrible was the community was one, which was very yes. good. It's, I, I want to talk about the community, actually, because you did mention that lesbians and gays aren't as friendly as they are, should be. I never said that. Okay. I never, when did I say that? Okay, I maybe said, it wasn't you. here's what I said. <laughs> maybe it wasn't I you. love this already. Um, so here's, here's the deal. I, I, it, you know, we go through phases where, you know, the boys and girls get along. It also depends on, you know, where you are in the world, you know. I, I think that that's a sort of a first world queer problem, you know, that we can actually <laughs> sort of... Uh, decide whether you know this this era we're going to be getting along or we're not going to be getting along you know there are places in the world where you just get killed if you're queer so i don't really think they worry about um as much about whether a a, a man or and a woman are in the same bar together you know mm -hmm. um now we have you know we infight we're really good at infighting What's the infight about? No, because this is obviously not the first time I've heard it. But well, at least no, you're right cool now the infighting is is you know I, I, I find a lot of it is you know uh, the length of what we're going to call ourselves. Uh, the you know the how many the letters never, you can get in yeah, there. Yeah, you know the never ending joke about the if LGBT, I hear one more comic, you know, really LGBTQ2SA. My favorite, of course, is my writing partner Leah Delaria, who says you know by the time you're done saying it the parade's over um <laughs> so leah of course is uh, one of the stars on orange is the new black uh she plays big boo yeah yeah and she's my writing partner she actually gave me my start in uh, comedy back in uh you met in connecticut we met at a pride rally in hartford connecticut i was actually a lawyer and um because of my 
I guess, speaking abilities. Someone mm-hmm. said, oh, why don't you host this event? And I was like, yeah, okay. And so I did. And um, she was backstage doing a show called Girl Friday. And I was just, uh, according to her, bugging the shit out of her. And I don't mm-hmm. recall that being the case. Um, and she said, you're really funny. You should just stand up. And I was like, well, I'm not stand up. And she said, you're going to do five minutes in my show. And I, you just don't say no to Leah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and we have been... Uh, Fast friends and writing partners and performing partners ever since. Of course, that that has changed, um, not the friendship at all, but um, in terms of I, I don't ever see us doing a Maggie and Leah show together anytime soon in the future. <laughs> She's so busy. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's great. It's a great story. Her story is a really good story because Leah is a woman who's always stood by her, um, you know, her principles and stood by who she is as an out butch lesbian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's taken a lot of shit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, she's being celebrated for it. And it's interesting because I, I just, it seems so late to me. Mm-hmm. It seems like this is so, you know, if you talk to kids in their teens, late teens and in early 20s and stuff, they're like, whatever, gay, who cares, mm-hmm. you know? It depends on where you grow up as well. But, um it just seems like uh, odd that it's now, now it's, she's being so celebrated for something she's been for so long. Yeah. And that at, at times I think she, I know got the, uh, got the year two gay. I mean, I've gotten the year two gay thing from, you know, one of my closest friends who was like, no, actually the woman who actually told me she thought I was a lesbian decided I was too gay. At How some does point. that work? Well, I don't know. Frankenstein didn't like her monster, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so anyway, so that, you know, that's a, it's a great so now story. You could be too gay. That's a problem too. Apparently. No. Well, it's just like any community. I think that, uh, looks at another person in their community. I think it's it, two it, voices. Oh no. I, I think, I guess I can't, you know, I, I'm going to draw a correlation. I'm not a person of color, but I think there are people of color mm-hmm. who, um, sometimes see people living a stereotype yeah, no matter what it is, yes, you yes. know, no matter what color, no matter what it is. And they right. think, well, that person is too insert here, right? you know, or that's too over the top or that's, oh. And that shouldn't exemplify our group. Oh, we're not too, like that. Yeah, right. Well, you know, we are partly like that. Right. And there's nothing to be ashamed of right. in somebody who's not doing anything <laughs> illegal or, uh, you know, or anything untoward, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and I think that's, you know, but, but the thing that I love about Leah that gives me hope is that, you know, she she's a 55-year-old butch lesbian, you know, who is a great talent, also an amazing jazz singer. And, you know, we shot her uh, first audition for Orange in my house on an iPhone. You're kidding. Yeah, with me with the sides between my legs while I was shooting. And, um, you know, it, it's it just bodes well, I think, for uh, mm-hmm. women, I think, for, you know, queers, I think, you know, for women of... She looked mid fifties, and that's yeah. when it hit for her. I was I was once um, it, it, I had B. Arthur on my talk show once, and um, after that, she decided that somehow I needed to be with her for the rest of her stay in Toronto, which was I guess flattering, but at the same time inconvenient because I had a job, <laughs> and the publicist kept calling me going, "B wants you at this, and B won't go here unless you go with her." I'm like, "But I have a job, and yeah. I need to be at my job." That's when I had a show, right? And um, so we were out at a lunch I shouldn't have been at because I should have been at work. And uh, she leaned over to me and put her arm on me and said, you know, Maggie, I didn't get mod till I was 47. <laughs> and I thought to myself, are you trying to reassure me? Because I have my own talk show. I thought I was doing okay. Yes. You know, the show, Because I Said So, yeah, yeah. known as Biff. Yeah. Big stars you had on there. Phil- I- 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you've interviewed not just on that show a lot of uh, Andrea Martin, a lot of Canadian talent, but just in your interviewing career, Phyllis Diller, B. Arthur, of course, Joan Rivers, yeah, William H. Macy, who I love, live, Jude Law, Juliette Binoche, Robert Downey Jr. How do you, um, and you do some interviews for the film festival? Well, I work uh, as a freelance producer, so uh, um, I'm often hired by by the TV show Extra Mm -hmm. um, uh, to do uh, red carpet and um, also those horrible junket interviews. And I say horrible, not because I don't enjoy the work, but because I feel for the celebrities who have to do 50 of them a day and answer the same questions. And um, because I'm not on camera, I, I think it's 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 better for them and it's easier for me because I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to press anyone. And it's different now. Look, I used to be able to design and ask my own questions. Now they pretty much want you to just get in and out with what they think, the, in fairness, the audience wants to hear. So mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times um, interviewers go in there and they try to make it about them instead of, yes. Ugh, one guy um, told me, Oh, Michael, uh, he has three first names. You know him. He's a really, in all of the, those movies like Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show and. Yes. Anthony Michael Hall? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, not Anthony Michael Hall. Michael, three names. Anyways, tall, he has curly hair. It's very funny. He played one of the gay guys in Best in Show um, who wore the velvet and showed the dogs. So uh, could we have an audience member yes. Googling that? Yes. Anyway, he he was lamenting to me. I was actually interviewing him once, and the set fell down. The stupid light fell on the easel that was holding up the poster that was in front of the Murphy bed that had the you know sheet over it to make it look like we were actually shooting in front of some set, which was hilarious because he never missed a beat and he still answered the question. Um, <laughs> but in that moment, he was lamenting about how people, um, interviewers do stuff to get attention. And he said there was this one woman who showed up in a bunny suit all the time. And I was like, oh, God, horrific. So, yeah, I've had an opportunity to meet and uh, do that a lot. The junkets must be hard because you used to be able to do really uh, integrated interviews with some of the people. And then junkets, you're in there, like you said. Do you get what you want out of them? Like, you have so much to offer. All I want is what my producer wants. So, I, you know, that again, that's all I want. Um, Back when I had a show, sure, I wanted to try and elicit some kind of great something or other. Julia Binoche actually uh, kissed my hand and I said, you know, I said, is there anything else you want to talk about? And she just kissed my hand and I said, say, and she said, only that I love you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to die. Of course, the the, the, car- the crews were local and they all knew I was a dyke. And so, you know, she didn't, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm here. I'm back. What? Yes. And then 2009, you produced and host six episodes of The Vent. Yeah. I, I decided to make my own uh, TV show. Um, and that was sort of a, a topical, not topical in the current events sense, but topical in the, we picked a topic and we just beat the snot out of it from mm-hmm. like seven different directions. Um, that was great. That got me in trouble with the actors union who, who, uh, I, I produced that on my own. And then, um, mm. somebody ratted me out to ACTRA yeah. and told them that I was uh, doing something outside of the union. And I thought it was well with, within my, um, my okay to do that because I, uh, I thought if you were a producer and you were producing it, you were okay to do it. But I was mistaken, and uh, that caused me a lot of uh, a lot of trouble. Interestingly enough, for something that I made no money. Is that why? You, oh, really? Yeah. Did yeah. you? And so are you? And then you have your little production, a sweet little production company. Well, I, I yeah, that's um that that's I I do produce stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do a lot of live event production. Obviously, when I had the club, I did seven shows a week. Flying Beaver Pub Array. Right. The Frying Beaver, as it is now known around oh. town because it had a fire um, three <laughs> and a half months ago. Um, and so I do a lot of live events. I've always done production. From the second I set foot on stage, uh, that's one of the things Leah taught me. She was she's like, I'm coming to Hartford and we're going to do a show and you're going to produce it. I'm like, and how am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. So um, it's always been part of of my st- in step with my stand up um, producing live events. And I've gone as far as producing. I mean, I've produced Joan Jett and in a venue that a hotel in Palm Springs that they were tearing down, you know, along with the Pussycat Dolls mm. and all in the same week. Oh um, so it was it's a great skill to have. Um, and certainly, you know, you can integrate yourself vertically by making yourself the host of such great events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This, that's why I fly. I just had a fundraiser two weeks ago based on that. And you're doing a lot of community fundraising yourself. I think last year you actually uh, were a speaker at the LGBT uh, fundraising uh, for 2014. You oh, yeah, I the, did, didn't I? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking lady. about. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that was about fundraising. That right. was about... Um, there's a lot. I, I I think there's a lot of well-intentioned people out there. Like, let's put on a show, you know, like uh, Mickey Rooney and um, whatever, and and <laughs> or even Judy Glee. Garland. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, then let's put on a show is not a good idea <laughs> unless you have the money to put on a show. Yeah. So, um, my my mantra is always have the money in your pocket before you go in. Mm-hmm. So you know when you turn the key, all the money is going to your charity, and you're not like we have to sell 200 tickets before we break even. Mm-hmm. Oh that was a big point that you brought up that resonated with me because you, you do have that anxiety. You want it. You have good intentions of having a fundraiser. Yeah, no, but, that's what sponsorships are for. That's what right. that's what people are out there for. That's what companies are out there for. Um, and that's you know you can't just go high and with your finger up your nose and going make them money because they're not going to give it to you. <laughs> but you know you, you learn to write a pitch kit and you learn to go out and yeah. Yeah. Well, you have marquee value too. So does that, how, like, what are you working on any current fundraising initiatives right now? I am, um, I have something in the hopper in my head, two things that um, I, I'm incubating. Mm-hmm. Um, either one of them would be very big. So um, I'm waiting to have a meeting with one of the big banks about one of them. Um, and I'm also, I have another thing, a web thing in the hopper, which is, would be very big, which is not charitable. Mm-hmm. which is Maggieable, which is, you know, Maggie needs a new pair of shoes <laughs> um, kind of thing that I'm lo- really looking forward to doing once I sort of figure out what's happening with the frying beaver. And uh, I guess So are fine. you still involved there? Well, you know, involved. Still to the, the owner? Ex- well, yeah, we still, we go there every day and see it more and more taken apart Aww. because, uh, you know, the landlord has to fix stuff. And so they keep going in and tearing stuff down and we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. Everything happens it, for a reason. Yeah, right? it seems a soft spot for you. It's um, I could see. I just really want someone to stick a pin in it. Is that wrong? I just really yeah. want it to, eat, to to just to go in a direction. It needs mm-hmm. to have a direction. It's hard sitting and waiting. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's not the end of the world. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? My First wife had world. breast cancer, yeah, right. right? It's like, right. you know, she got through that. Knock on wood, right? Yeah. Uh, everything else is like, In to me, everything else is, yeah. is it's a thing. Uh, so Jose, Jose, yeah, yeah. am I saying it properly? You are. She had breast cancer two years ago. Yeah. And she's clear, yay. Yeah, knock on wood, right? And uh, we were talking earlier that it, it is challenging for the caregivers as well. Has that, um, and we know with comedy, you know, sometimes darkness 
could be a good contributor. Oh, please. I mean, um, I think you're at PMH, right? Were you at PMH? Yeah. yeah. Um, as I, well as Credit Valley. Okay. She, well, yeah. I, I, she got amazing care. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that I will say. I will say this about that. Uh, if anyone from the United States says anything to me about, um, you know, the yeah. Canadian healthcare system, I'm going to poke them right in the throat. We're right? so lucky at PMH. So lucky. So, um, the, but of course, you know, the, the well-intentioned often do things that um, are not as they think they're going to work out. And, you know, on Wednesdays at PMH, they have music and the atrium. Yes, yes. Um, and the atrium at PMH, <laughs> as you know, is, uh, is amazing. The sound is just amazing. You can fart in the atrium. They can hear it on the sixth floor, right? It's just like, look, someone farted in the atrium. I can hear it up here in chemo, right? So, um, of course, music in the atrium. What a great idea. It sounds beautiful. You cheer people up. What could be better? What could be better? Okay, so we're down there in the... Um, uh, waiting for to meet her um, radiological oncologist, which she did every Wednesday during radiation. So I'm going to go up and get, get us a little Timmy's. And and as I'm about to go upstairs, I hear someone tinkling on the piano um, uh, the song Smile, which, I mean, if you don't know the jazz standards, a, a lot of, so many jazz standards are torchy and sad, and <laughs> smile is no ex- smile, though your heart is breaking. <laughs> and I like to think of a smile, though in your insert organ here is failing. I'm like, are you kidding? You can't say smile in a cancer hospital. <laughs> so I go upstairs, and I look, and it happens to be a singer who performs at my club. And I go over oh, to her, no. and I'm like, Jordana, you cannot sing smile in a cancer hospital. <laughs> she goes, I know, tell them. And she flips her head over towards the keyboard player and the bass player. And I know the keyboard player, amazing man, Marquis Wetter. What a wonderful human being and a great keyboard player. One of the best uh, jazz, uh, uh, you can just swing at this guy, players in the city. And um, he's like, not me. Like he shrugs and he nods over to the bass player. So they throw the bass player under the bus. And I go over to him like, dude, you can't sing Smile in a cancer hospital. <laughs> and he goes, I think they know why they're here. I was like, what? You know how, oh, well, come on, cartoon smoke coming out of my ears, head spinning around. I'm like, really? Do you know why you're here? And do you know what it's like when uh, when I put my size 10 big ass converse through your 250 year old base? So you think, okay, that's that's all right, whatever. It happens once. The next week, I'm coming around the corner with my two Timmies, and there's a guy on a folk guitar. And I will say, I'm sorry to the world as a lesbian because we 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 made the folk guitar popular. (laughs) And I apologize. I apologize for overly earnest men on folk guitars. And he's just strumming away and going back and forth and bebobbing with his head, and he's singing, "Wait for it, people. Bye, bye, love." Bye-bye happiness. Oh, dear. Hello, lonely. I think he's he's not going to sing, I think I'm going to die. He's not. You do not sing, I think I'm going to (laughs) die in a cancer hospital. (laughs) And I'm like, he's going to say, I think I'm going to smile because he's going to roll with it and he's going to change the lyrics, right? No. I've got one Timmy's in each hand and I'm like, I could hit him with this hot coffee. He's at a hospital. (laughs) He'd get treatment right away. I'm weighing, I'm weighing what we should do here. And he, sure enough, I think I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye, my love. I go downstairs, and I'm like, I look at Jose, and I'm like, I know you're not supposed to do stand-up in a cancer <laughs> ward. But I but look around. better. I'm like, yeah. anybody? And the woman was like, my last hair fell out. And it was like, it's the worst song ever. Yeah. Everyone was like, you know, why would you what sing this? So, yeah, you there's there's comedy, even though you don't want there to yes. be comedy. Yeah. You know, you just don't. But yeah. It can't get any worse than bye bye love and smile. That's a great bit, by the way. That whole thing with it, because I've long walked into the music portion of the PMH atrium yeah. and thought there is comedy in this moment, and you just 
perfectly. Well, it has to happen to you, right? It yeah, has to happen to, to get you it. To, to, to get it. They mean well, but you know, yeah. just choice of song. Could well, make do, do do I have to write? Does someone have to write to PMH and say you, you know? have to vet these Nip Nops song lists because they're too act too actually earnest to yeah. like not see how blind yeah. they are. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. No. That, that's a good bit. I love that. Well. It, it, but if it were a bit, do you know what I mean? It no, ends know, up being a bit. You couldn't write it, right? You no, couldn't write it. You can write it. Um, and so, that, and okay, how do I, so talking about what contributes to material and how comedians come about it, and obviously many in the gay community, because of the darkness they've had to experience, Ellen's talked about it when she lost a lover a long time ago. Yeah, I, I am not, I have, I'm not a gay comic. I am a queer and I am a comic, but I'm not, a, I don't talk about, I, I, there's nothing... Here's the way I see it at this point, you know, from my perspective of where I live and all of that stuff, my experience, like, I don't, A, like, I don't, I'm so sick. I don't want to hear your coming out story. If, unless it involves gold in my ear, a hot dog, <laughs> and a safe word, I, I, it's not, it's not interesting to me. I probably already heard the joke right, about, you know, right. a, a, um, I just don't know that just being queer is, you know, just like I don't give a shit if a guy talks about his dick. Can I say shit and dick on this? No? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Is there a delay? I'm sorry. No? <laughs> I won't say it again. So I don't, I, you know, I like male comics are always talking about their junk. Like, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't, you know, your weight, your, you know, women and their boyfriend. I don't, you know, there's so many more interesting ways to go about things. You know, I, one comic once said to me, I was like, <laughs> I, you know what? So-and-so told the tampon joke and that just... And he said to me, you know what, that's, it doesn't, you, you can tell a funny tampon joke. He's like, you know, you can say something about that that's funny. Mm -hmm. You can't really? just say that, that, well, look, this guy does a character who, uh, you know, is this woman who's a wreck. And when she talks about it, this character that he does, certainly it's funny. Okay. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. So I saw where, from his perspective, what he was saying. Yeah. Right. But as a straight stand up, and I don't mean straight. I mean, like just just doing stand up, yes. not in a character. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't find it interesting. I don't, you know. And besides which, there's so much to be done in your like. Ellen's an observational comic, you mm -hmm. know. And there's observational comedy, and there's so much about your life experience. There's that comedy. There's, uh, you know, there's their news. Like Donald Trump is running for president today, right? We find that out. I mean, is that someone just told oh, me yes. that? Is yeah. that true? Yes. Apparently, it's all over the feed. Okay. Here. And here's the thing, I, you know. I just want to say this about that. Okay. What? Because you're a business. First of all, I can't stand when business people go, I'm a business person so I can run a country. Mm. You know what? Government is not the same as business. Mm -hmm. That's a, There's a huge difference. The closest thing to running a business, in John Tory's defense, is a city. A city runs more like a business than it does like a big government because, mm -hmm. you know, you have a council, which you could kind of think of as a board. I could see the correlation a little bit more like in a mayor's situation as opposed to the United States of America or Canada. Okay, right. number one. So because you're a businessman, you can run the U.S. of A. Number two, you went bankrupt how many yeah. times? <laughs> okay, I what? I'm sorry. I don't. I can't. I'm looking at the TV now, and yeah, and so yes, yeah. I'm vote for me. I'm good at bankruptcy. When all else fails, I'll just throw us into right? a chapter eleven. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the U.S. is reorganizing. If you think Greece is effing things up, wait until Donald Trump has to reorganize the U.S. And number three, your hair. I (laughs) I said it. Somebody had to. It's obvious, right? I just, uh, yeah, no, well, the guy's a... We'll have to see his platform. and what, No, what we it, don't. We don't no, have we to don't. see his platform. It's going to be a mess. We don't have to see anybody's platform. Do we know anything It's about Hillary it? and Jeb. Know? It's going to be Bush Clinton yeah. again. Yes. And uh, frankly, you know, I, I, you know I, it should have been Hillary the first time. Um, you know, I, I still hold that against Barack Obama. He wasn't ready and he ran. And there, mm-hmm. I said it. Go ahead. Start writing me nasty letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He should have been her vice president, and then he would have been president. He would have had all this under his belt, and, you know. And so do you miss uh, being an American? I- I'm gay. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm a gay person. Who? What? I'm very deeply closeted about that. Thanks for outing me, you. You miss being American? No. no I, I, who, what? I'm from Gaysville. No, I'm cl- deeply closeted about being from the States, Uh yeah, because you, you tell a Canadian you're queer, and they're like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm like, super queer. I would say something filthy here now, but I can't. So, And that's when they run away. And I'm like, I thought you wanted to know where I was from. But the fact <laughs> is, um, you tell a Canadian you're American, and they're like, oh. what? Iraq, George Bush, yeah. Guantanamo, explain yeah. o- Obamacare, and the Electoral College. And I can't. So I just say I'm gay. Yes. You're so more And accepted. I skate away. How long have you been living here? Forever. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah. That's more where a lot of your work has been done, too, right? Well, yeah, I've been here 20 uh, something years. I'm a citizen. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I don't feel at home when I go back to the States. And I don't mean any offense to my friends in the States. But um, I, what I mean by that is this is a kinder, gentler place. And I am a delicate flower as much as I don't come across as one. So, um, I've let my guard down. Mm-hmm. So I sort of end up in tears like within the first 10 <laughs> minutes of driving in the U.S. because someone is, you know, trying to drive me off the road or called me some name or, oh, my God, I just can't. Yeah. I can't bear it. So you, uh, your comedy, first of all, do you perform stand-up? You do so much now, but do you um, actual stand-up? Yeah, you, yeah, I do, I do. So yeah. what would be the last thing you just did? I just, uh, actually, I just did a reading. I'm writing a book at Rosa's place at uh, Cafino. Cafino in Liberty yeah. Village, yes. Yeah, I did, a, I did a stand-up show there, and I did um, a reading. I'm writing a book called I Just Want to Say This About That. And um, so, you know, what better way to know if it sucks than to force people to listen to you read? They're not mm. even listening to me talk. They're watching the stupid TV. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, no, well, you know, it's getting a little warm. And they're comics, so they're like, oh, the, the, our studio audience of two comics and yes. a, another professional radio yes. person. <laughs> so. But they fill the room with their joy. With their joy, with their boredom, with their... Well, I think... Uh, well, shut up. Talk, I don't... Talk, we're going to talk about Alyssa for a minute because she um, is uh, came out a year ago and she's as a comic. <laughs> Uh, and I just think you're a good role model. And Am how I a do you role see- model? Really? Because you're Italian. This is me trying oh, to match Italian, it up. Italian. Italian and, and gay what? and comic. Alyssa's also hung like a horse. She's got <laughs> hands the size of like a basketball player. So she shook my hand and I was like, well, hello, pretty lady. You know, she's a little young for me, but I was like, hello, pretty lady. Yeah, no, she could, uh, yeah. What can you, this is, yeah, you think, okay? So this is our pride edition. So what, what leadership, what can you teach her about comedy? And and Well, listen, I mean, comedy is one thing and pride is another thing. (laughs) Uh, She clearly doesn't need, she's pretty proud right now. I can just tell because the first three seconds of our conversation was like, I get a lot. So, um, and really that is how we measure our pride. Um, You know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, 
I do, I do attempt to mentor because Leah really gave me my start, right? I, and whether she meant to or not, um, you know, she, I mean, she helped me and mm -hmm. she did, I mean, Leah has done that. Uh, I've watched her do that her whole career. Um, so I've tried to do that, you know, in turn, certainly um, through the club, uh, tried to mentor if I could and if people wanted to be and, I've forced people to do uh, more comedy than they're comfortable doing. Um, there's a young comic uh, uh, now who's uh, doing her own uh, business and her own show and all of this stuff because I was like, you're funny and, you know, you need to do an hour. And she's mm -hmm. like, I don't have an hour. I'm like, well, you'll have an hour by this date. Um, and now she has her own uh, sort of speaking company where she's uh, doing uh, sort of motivational and because she does that kind of. Uh, Judy Crew. No, 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 no. Uh, her her company's a. See, that's what I'm not saying because I don't want to get it wrong. Oh yeah, okay, that's uh, giggles and giggles and something, mm -hmm. uh, giggles and goodness, um, and uh, she's a truly sort of a, a very funny but motivational young comic. Mm -hmm. um, her name's Astalal, and uh, she's killing it. Good. Um, so yeah, um, that's that. I get something out of that. I feel good about me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what the same thing with charity work. You know, I can't write the check, but if I can earn the money, then I can write the check because mm -hmm. I can't write my own check. Motivation. Just yet. Um, in comedy, the rants and raves that you're known for, you said at one time, or not you, but it was said back when you had your show, because I said so, that you are too in your face for some studio executives. Oh, no, they told my boss that. Ugh. Yeah. Um um, and in turn, uh, I, I don't think that's true anymore. No, I was going to say, would that even make sense now? No, no. And, 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 you know, interestingly enough, the first year of my show, it was very frenetic. Um, we played games with the audience. We did mm. all kinds of things. We made the, the guests do stuff. It was and, ahead of its time, I think, well, that show. And then they're like, no, we want it to be more like politically correct, which at the time was a show that was actually losing steam. Um, but I was like, I don't care. I have my own talk show. I'll do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then the Ellen show came out and everyone in the building was like, God, this Ellen show reminds me of your show. And I was like, I'm just going to punch mm -hmm. myself in the face. What nobody realized, what my show probably reminded them of if they had paid attention was Graham Norton's original show, which is really where I, where I got a lot of my inspiration because his original show was insane. What he, show? The Graham Norton show. Okay. He's a comic from um, England. Okay. And he's a huge uh, internationally known talk show host now. Mm -hmm. And Graham Norton actually photocopied some guy's junk behind a screen once. <laughs> so I was like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of show mm -hmm. I want to do. And, um, my boss to her, you know, you know, credit was like, yeah, let's do all this stuff. And then, mm -hmm. of course, she had the men in the suits above mm -hmm. her saying, no, it's too much. It's too – how is it in your face? I mean, you know, it wasn't anything Rick Mercer, you know, right. hadn't done. Bang on. You know? Watching it now, it just – you could tell it's dated, but watching it now, it fits right into what we see all the time. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm not bitter about that. I just – it just is – it's just – interesting the business of show mm -hmm. is very interesting because they want what they don't have and then they don't then they want what they see and if you've already done what they saw they're not comfortable with it unless they've seen it somewhere else first yeah. right right so that's the that is a, an issue that's but you called know radio it's all but here's the other thing 
who cares anymore about them? Because you know what? I don't. I'm mm-hmm. moving to web along with anybody else who has half a brain. Yeah. You know, because if somebody wants to pick up my web series for TV, then fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there no, they're, there's no money in television anymore. There's right. no, you know, the networks, every, they don't give anything a chance to breathe. Right. Right. If they don't, if after four episodes, it's like, Matt, they like, that's it. You don't get more than a season. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it, like you said, unless it's been done, they don't want it. Yeah. Or you have big names, you know, and, right. and, and then um, I think you get more than one season because of the names, uh, unless it super stinks. But I haven't seen anything that's super stinky that, that uh, they didn't get a chance. But I mean, you look at the old shows like On the Family and Maud and all of those shows didn't. They didn't click. They didn't resonate with audiences until like two, the two, second or third season. Even Frasier mm-hmm. was a was a hard sell at and first. And Seinfeld was going to get whacked after six episodes but, or something. Like but Frasier is one of the best yeah. shows ever written in the history of anything. You right. know, and they went thirteen seasons, right? Um, and he and I've heard Kelsey Grammer talk about that, where it was like they let them be smart. You know, yeah. and that's not something that I think you you see much of anymore. Although. You know, and now I guess the trend is to picking up shows that have been popular on the web. So I'm telling you, don't stop going. I want to make a TV show. You want to make a web series. Yeah. And then you want it to be popular. Well, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld has big sponsorship behind it. I saw your lovely YouTube um, bit recently. I guess that would be the most recent on decals on the... On the Cars. decals, yeah, yeah. Finally, why has nobody talked about why did it? That's take old, you? right? That was that's from last year because I've, I I haven't had time to shoot anything. Yeah, no, I'm. That, I, but I mean, that's me that's as a classic. lawyer. That's me as a lawyer driving up behind a woman who's got a decal on her car. Yeah, that's got just a, a picture of her, a little girl, and yeah. a cat. Yeah, I'm like. Oh my Your God! The, ba- you, you, the, the bad person is going to follow you home, <laughs> okay? Because who's going to stop him from doing anything? Muffy yeah. the kitten. You don't even have a dog. Fake a dog. Put a fake dog on there <laughs> with big to, teeth yeah, to protect yeah. you and yeah. your little girl. Yeah. No, I I followed her home, you know, yeah. and I ripped the thing off her car because yes. I was like, you'll yes. thank me later, yes. lady. That's right. You know, I don't. And then the lesbian zombie family just killed me. I was like, oh, there's just too much information on the back of this car. There was two mommies. It was a whole... Yeah, there were two moms, but they both were the same mom because apparently they don't make a butch and a femme. (laughs) They they were the exact same They both had purses. I'm like, you know... uh, Yeah, it was hilarious. Right. That's a a Leah's joke. A Leah joke, too. What do the the two femmes do and bed each other's nails, right? So, (laughs) um, So, yeah, they... And then the kids, and, they, and then they were zombies. So they were like a class, and they were a minority on a minority, right? A, a lesbian family, zombie family. And in case, like, you weren't sure, the woman's license plate was like coach something. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm like, are there golf clubs in the back of that car? <laughs> LPGA uh, all over it. I know. Jeez, yeah. it was just, I was like, live the stereotype, sisters. <laughs> And when I put that up, I before I scratched out the license plate, someone was like, that's my friend's car. I was like, oops. You're kidding. No. That's brilliant. I know. So rants and raves in comedy. Uh, some comics say, you know, make sure when, you know, as we explore the art of comedy on this program, <laughs> is to ensure that the comedy isn't uh, about just a psych session for yourself to actually... You know what? That's nobody's business. If it's a psych session for you and it's funny, then who cares? Right. You know, I mean, there are no rules in comedy. That's the thing about comedy. There aren't rules. If you start making up rules, then you're going to limit yourself and you're going to screw yourself. The one time I tried to sort of stay inside of a box mm-hmm. um, because of wherever I was, it was the worst set I ever did. It was 20 million years ago, but I never did it again. 
I can stay inside of a box if I have to speak to a bunch of lawyers and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not allowed to say certain words. If I'm on radio and I can't say certain things, that's fine. I don't have a problem censoring myself in terms of language and that kind of stuff. But if, you know, if, if you don't want me to talk about um, certain stuff, then don't have me on your program, right? right? Um, and that's, you know, people often ask me to hire certain comics for their events, right? They'll say something like, Oh, I want, you know, we, we, we don't want to offend anyone. We, so, but we want Scott Thompson. Can you get a Scott Thompson? Yeah. I'm like, have you ever, right. ever sat in a room? From and would you hall, like right. me to tell Scott Thompson that he should do a, a non-offensive set? Right. Because the second he gets on stage, he's going to be like, so they told me not to be offensive. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, you might as well just Done. take the stick and poke the bear. Right. Okay. No, if you want, a, a, you, then you don't want him for that event. Okay. You want someone else you want mm -hmm. someone who their thing is this kind of comedy now i think i'm a little bit special in that regard and i i can just do stuff on being a lawyer and i can just do stuff on so you know because i was a lawyer i will do anything for money mm -hmm. so i will tailor my comedy to a certain thing but only because i can mm -hmm. only because i'm comfortable in those lanes um that that i can stay in those lanes but telling people that you know they should or shouldn't do something i, I think instructionally is not is yeah. I, I think it's hard to teach comedy. I know that they have a really good program yeah. at Humber, but you know people. A lot of people say that. Well, but the thing at Humber is you have to audition to get in. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's that's important, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think sometimes I feel bad when people go to take classes and they have no chance, right? They have no chance mm -hmm. at all because they just can't. They, you know, they're they're not funny. Well, you can become funny. People's timing changes. When I first started the We're Funny That Way comedy festival, um, one of the uh, guys at uh, Just for Laughs said to me, just keep everybody's tape because what you'll see is people's timing does get better. People will get better over time. And be sure if you say no, you say so no nicely enough so that if mm -hmm. they do, in fact, you know, they'll remember you. Yeah. What you'll say is, you know, not this year because I already have whatever. I would never tell someone in fact, I have a great story about not telling someone that they weren't good enough <laughs> to the point where this comic hates my guts because I wouldn't just say to her, you know what? You suck. I'm actually never going to hire you because I've known you for 20 years. You've never gotten better. You mm. stink. Mm -hmm. You stink. Okay. You're not consistent. Sometimes you're really good, but that's not worth me spending a plane ticket and yeah. all of this stuff because what if I get you the time you're not good? People, mm -hmm. the audiences are relying on me. So I never said that to her. And then she started all, saying all this stuff about me being jealous of her and her career and that, you know, she was a better comic than I was. And that's why I wouldn't hire her. And I thought, oh, my God, if I had just said in the beginning, you know what? No. I, no. Yeah. Because you stink. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't have had this. And she knows stuff. who she is, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, she's she's literally trashed me from the stage. So, uh, yeah. oh no. Well, that's and that's a double edged sort of being a producer and a comic, right? You just you, when you have to say no. But I've always made an attempt to say no um, in a way that isn't discouraging. I don't want to discourage anybody from living their dream. Right? Why would you want to do that? Why don't you just go step so, on kittens? Don't, don't you think it's an obligation though, at, like as a leader in the community of comedy community, to say, you know what? I know it's a tough conversation to have because nobody wants to hear it. Right? No, it nobody asked me if they okay. say right. to me, right. uh, "Look, I'm not finding success, and right. I, you know, and, and this is why." And I, I, I take the time to go out and see them, and mm -hmm. then, and, and then say, "Yeah, no, your gut's right. You're actually probably <laughs> a better writer." 
you right. know, than you are stand up or no, you know, but nobody's ever asked me, should I quit comedy? Yeah. So it's not my job to say to you, you should, you know what? I should squash your dream, you know, because you never you know. You never know. I Look, know. There are way worse comics than I am who are way more successful than I am. What What is the reason for that? It's just timing, luck, being in right. the right place at the right time. Right. Some of it is they're men, you know? Right. I mean, I'm not going to, but that doesn't make me bitter. Mm -hmm. You know, when a woman succeeds who I think, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm probably better than her. I don't, I don't begrudge her at all. She just opened a little, there's a little more crack in the door for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's just the business that we're in. You right. look a particular way, you, you, you come off a particular way. I mean, I audition like crazy for uh, now it's really busy again. And I've been auditioning like crazy. I'll book something. But part of it is like, look how I look now. I, I used to be I have long blonde hair yes, and look like, like Jennifer girl. Gray. Now I, the people before the that. nose job. Yeah. Oh, you're a, a cuter Jennifer she's Gray. She's awesome. I mean, but she did, fix, From, she did change her nose, which really. Yeah. Changed her whole look. Yeah. She stopped getting work after that. See, stick with who you are. Yeah. Well, Unless so you, you don't want to, and then by all means, go for it, you know, <laughs> except go easy on the lip. I okay. always tell people. On the lips? Yeah. The big lips? Like yeah. Lisa Rinne? Yeah. Well, yeah. She says those are her own. No. She that paid, was a bad mistake. She paid for them. I guess they're her own. <laughs> but I'm bummed. So go back, because I think you're, I don't know if you were touching on this or if I was looking into it. Was it more difficult being uh, a lesbian comic? Uh, again, I, I don't consider yeah. myself a, a, a lesbian comic. Um, no, no, but getting work because of... I, I did have a publicist once tell my boss at uh, when I was at Chum that she couldn't get me any publicity because uh, nobody wanted to write about a lesbian comic. Oh, dear heavens. Um, and it, That it, is the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And well, what was really funny about it, um, on top of it all, was when my comedy festival came around every year, I would find myself on the What's On. Which co comedy festival? We're Funny That Way. Yes. That was the first ever queer comedy festival ever. Anywhere I did it for 15 years, it was a charitable um, thing, and then I stopped. Um, but when that came around every year, I was always on the cover of What's On or whatever. All my comics were on the cover of Now. So, you know, she was just homophobic, period. Um uh, I think, yeah, sure. People, even though you don't call yourself that and you, you consider yourself that you are a lesbian and you are a comic. So there are people who are going to call you a lesbian comic and consider that in the equation of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, so what do you think about this? A straight comedian saying, well, cause I'm not gay. At, then people don't consider me funny because everybody knows funny comedians are gay, lesbian. What wah wah? Sorry, yeah, I mean yeah. that's again. That's not that's not a that, that just seems ridiculous to me. You know, I mean, uh, uh, what I need to be. Uh, uh, the more oppressed I am, the funnier I am. I mean, so if I was a you know woman of color, lesbian, you know, mm -hmm. added blah 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 blah, added mm -hmm. all on top, um, then I would be hilarious. And no, I'd still need good timing and and material. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, no. I think that's fa what's fabulous is that fine line that you bring between, yes, you're part of a community, yes, but it's not defining who you are. And that, I well, think, I'm is a, a big... Well, I'm, a, a, I'm Italian. Right. I'm raised in a Jewish neighborhood. <laughs> um, you know, so I was born with original sin, and then my parents <laughs> sent me to the JCC for nursery school. So I would say my inner posture is a boiled shrimp, <laughs> which is ironic because it's not kosher, all right? I'm a... I'm a, a, an ex-Catholic. I'm an expatriated American living in Canada. I'm a lesbian. I'm an ex-lawyer. Like are you left or right? Uh, do we know this? Handed, <laughs> or like where do I politically? Ha or where, where, where do I hang? Like, <laughs> um, 
no, I'm a lefty, of course, yeah. but I'm not a super lefty. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like people get mad at me if I'm like, well, of course you're voting for the NDP candidate. Well, no, of course, maybe I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, uh, but at the same time in this country, it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certainly people on the right in this country who are considered on the right, who I wouldn't consider on the right in mm -hmm. the United States. We have a different kind of right. Now you have, right. you have the Stephen Harper right, which is that crazy whatever, when Preston Manning merged with the, the PCs mm -hmm. and they became, they went from mm -hmm. being the kooky right mm -hmm. to the middle Not right so and the right. kooky right, yeah. right? So, but the kooky right took over the right. So mm -hmm. now you have the, our, yeah, now yeah. you have our right as, you know, Stephen Harbour is a Republican creationist yeah. Christian, you know, that, that's a little bit, mm -hmm. that stuff scares me because I think that it doesn't, it, it might get in the way of actually stuff mm -hmm. you know he did bring the 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 queer rights vote the gay marriage vote back to the floor right when he became prime minister i mean and uh that always made me nervous i got married two days after they changed the law i wasn't even gay i just thought i should go get the paper before they <laughs> took away my right to do that That's a great line. that is actually a betsy saul kind joke kind of um at least you cite the joke well no sense. her joke was about getting an abortion she's like i had an abortion i didn't need one i just thought i should get one before i took away my right <laughs> to do so so um she's also a brilliant comic um so um, but yeah, no, I, and, and then they went and did it like, so that, you know, that stuff worries me. I don't see mm -hmm. what, it, what the motivation would have been for that if it wasn't, you know, some kind of religious stuff going on, mm. um, because why would anyone care? Um, so I think our right is different though, um, to that extent. I mean, you know, is John Tory right wing? He's a pink, he's a pink yeah. Tory, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so. That's a tough one too. Right. You know. Because they always blur, they, they obviously on their platform, they come across as what they need to be, but then when they get there, sometimes it Well, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that, you know, and that's what worries me about, I, I mean, Stephen Harper scares me. He's a scary guy. Um, not just because he has a serial killer eyes, um, but... Uh, <laughs> and the hair? The hair is not creepy? Well, that's that, I don't, there, uh, in, in, in the time before I, w I was a kid, but I saw it in reruns, there was a show called Davy and Goliath, and it was a mm -hmm. Christian show, yeah, and it was yeah, claymation. Yeah. He has, so. he has Davy hair, <laughs> which is a claymation <laughs> puppet plastic hair that's yeah. what he has um um and yeah so th it's interesting the politics here are much different um a lot less scary to me um mm -hmm. than in the states but you know they can be scary and uh but so well be bill c51 anti-terror legislation um of course this means it gives more access to our public agencies uh federal agencies to have access to our information some comics are very concerned it infringes on um uh, Look, they're, spy speech? they're spying on everybody. Okay. First of all, there isn't a right to free speech in this country like there is in the U.S., okay? There, it, it, there isn't. And it's ensconced in the Constitution in the U.S. by amendment. Um, so I guess that's not ensconced. It's amended. Um, and there is a right to free speech, which they don't have in the U.S. either. Mm -hmm. They say they do, but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater because right, right there they've had to say, well, you have a right to free speech except if it's going to Right. Uh, uh, or no, if it's going to uh, be a threat to public safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's already a carve out in the U.S. that you don't have a right to free speech. If it's a threat to public safety, you cannot yell fire in a crowded theater unless there's a fire. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you think it's funny and mm -hmm. people will get trampled to death. Right. Okay. Look at sports. I think it's hilarious when people are all like, oh, you say whatever I want. Mm -hmm. But Somebody violates a sports contract and they get 
because they say something they're not supposed to say and they get fined mm -hmm. like up the yin yang. Mm -hmm. I think somebody, uh, the guy who has all the money, um, a couple of years ago said he would, you know, totally go after LeBron James for his team if he were available as a free agent. But he said it like two days before they were allowed to talk about free agency and the NBA fined him mm. like $200,000. Yes. Okay. So this is one of the richest guys in the world. Right. Who, I mean, in the U.S. who can't say and he can't he doesn't have a right to free speech because he contracted it away okay because he agreed to be part of an organization that hmm. said you can't talk when um there were a million times you can't talk when in in the US mm -hmm. um we are way more because you know charter of rights and freedoms and there have been people who have actually taken comics yeah. to uh you know there was a woman out in BC the comic went after her, I think, because she was a lesbian and mm -hmm. she filed a complaint against the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Earl Craig. Uh, what, but whatever. Guy I mean, Earl. Sorry. So that yeah. that stuff happens here. And mm -hmm. that is something that that is something that we live with as citizens of this country. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or you don't like it, it is what it is. What did you think of that story? She was a, a, um, a lesbian patron of a restaurant and he and she was starting to... Well, I think he... I, I don't remember. Yeah. But if I recall, mm -hmm. there was... Uh, if I, I could be wrong, but I, I think I recall thinking at one point I felt for her safety. And that's always the line for me. If somebody, if you're a comic and you're on stage and you're going to incite someone to do something to somebody uh, that's that's going to endanger mm -hmm. their well-being, then mm -hmm. to me that's no different than somebody on the street saying, you know, go punch that, you know, insert minority person here. Mm -hmm. Um I don't think you have a right to free speech because you're on stage and you're a comic and you get mm -hmm. to say, go, you know, go pummel that, you know, person. Mm -hmm. Let's all go rape that woman. Yeah. Let's, all, you know, I don't think there's any difference mm -hmm. because you're a comic. It's, it's about right. a person's safety. Um, and you, and, and people who whine about that wouldn't, if you wouldn't do it off stage, if you couldn't do it off stage right. and not get charged, then being a comedian doesn't give you some kind of blanket to do it on stage. I also think, though, having said that, people are a little oversensitive these days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, I, I mean, getting hit with a politically correct hammer is, you know, just makes people want to be more politically incorrect, right? Mm -hmm. There were things I listened to, the, I listened to the CD I recorded a bazillion years ago that they still play on some stations. And I'm terrified at some of the stuff that I said then <laughs> that I'm like, someone's going to come after me for yeah. that. Right. But then it was like, wah, wah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Right now I'm like, I'd never say that stuff. Really? Wouldn't say it. So too sensitive. Christy Blatchford wrote an article recently about a female comedian who. Wait, wait, I don't even want to talk about her. Okay. Okay. I will, I will not talk about her. I will not talk about Ann Coulter. Those people are not worth my breath. Beautiful. Move along. Love it. That's all I need. I'm I'm pretty happy about that. I just want to qualify what article that was about. <laughs> was no, about no, don't 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 do even it. qualify because when you do it, she gets yeah. a hit. Yeah. she gets what she wants. Was she it the gets, most ridiculous? I, I didn't know. read it, I and I won't read it, yeah. and I don't need yeah. to read it because all they, those people are our attention seekers. Yes, and when we well, talk about print what is they dying, when they so. doesn't matter when we talk about what they write or what they say, yeah. they make they make themselves relevant. Right, she is well irrelevant. Said. Well done, to me. thank you. Well, Whatever then. her name Let's is. Let's talk about um, the comedian, the female comedian then that was at a corporate gig. Because you talked about gigs earlier, corporate uh, events, and um, people hiring Scott Thompson, but then wanting to rein him in and that sort of thing, which I find totally fascinating. <laughs> um, so this female comedian was in the news. She was sexually harassed on stage. Had that ever happened to you? No, no one has. Uh, yes. 
Sorry, the only time anyone's ever said, show me your tits, was at an actual lesbian event at <laughs> uh, the Dinah Shore. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for that, ladies, for rising to the in, in, in my entire comedy career. Here I am on stage at this event that could be described as nothing short of spring break for lesbians. Okay, I mean, they're vomiting in the pool. They're taking them out in wheelchairs. They're just booze and sex. And it, it went, and and I'm doing my political, I'm like, oh my God, I have to bail and just talk about my, you know, the word I can't say. Um, but And someone's like, show me your tits. I'm like, wow, really, ladies? Thank you so much. Thank you, because now I can say that happened. No, it's never happened to me. It's not going to happen to me now because I've changed my look completely. Um, and, uh, you know, I... I, I tend to skew a little bit towards the boyish look, um, which is interesting because, you know, I had I had long blonde hair for so long and now no one recognizes me. And when you yes. have like only a minor amount of celebrity, yes. which I've told you about, you know, Canadian celebrity is somebody stops you in Canadian Tire and goes, you work at the Canadian Tire <laughs> by my house. You, don't you, you work at the Canadian Tire by my house? And I go, yes, I do. And that person, this is a true story, said, oh, where are the windshield wipers? I'm like, oh, this isn't my store. Um, that happened to me. So, um when you do that and you look the particular way the entire time, yes. and then you change it drastically, you go from long blonde hair um, to short auburny hair mm -hmm. that sticks up and whatever. Now all people do is they're like, God, you're familiar. Do, do I know you? Your voice is so familiar. I'm like, yes, yes I, I'm, I'm that person who died when she cut her hair. <laughs> Okay. whose career died when she cut her hair, you know? You have a big career and you've contributed so much. What are your final words? What final 30 don't, seconds of Maggie can you give us? I don't know. I feel like I didn't I didn't give you much. Uh, I, I don't know. Don't you want to ask me those rapid-fire questions really quickly? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Ask me the rapid-fire questions you. really quickly. i got quickly. chemo brain here. Favorite late-night host? Uh Oh, nobody. Really? Yeah. No, nobody. <sighs> nobody. I won't even... Okay, favorite joke, yours or someone else's? Oh, everyone else's. Are you just so, so self-deprecating you don't like your own jokes? I just think there are a lot of funnier, smarter people out there, but I think I'm decent. But uh, yeah, I know so many people make me laugh. Okay, favorite comic or influence or inspiration? Well... Not Leah. Okay, uh, well, Leah. Yeah. Uh, Kate Clinton. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, she's brilliant. She's smart. She's was a trailblazer. She's been a great friend. Uh I'm, yeah, as well. Favorite gig, where and why? Uh, Mar 1993 March on Washington, a million people. Um, told my first joke, got no laugh, had a massive anxiety attack, thought I was going to wet myself, which was inconvenient because I was wearing a kilt and no underpants. <laughs> um, and as I was having the panic attack, this giant roll wave of sound came back and hit me. Um, there was a, a wow. seven second delay due to the size of those, the sound going out across the mall and then coming back. How did you get back on stage after bombing like that? I didn't bomb. No. I didn't oh, bomb. Oh. There was a seven-second oh, delay sorry. in the sound. Oh, sorry. So sorry. the roar of the laughter came I back. Thought, oh, wow. But that's a sorry. long time. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, no, no, never. No, I, I killed. I made CNN. I was, yeah. <laughs> bucket list gig. Venue. Who would you open for? Who do you want to open for you? Um... I, I don't, I can't even, you know what? I know I should have that. That should be something. Um, I, I don't really, I don't. I love doing what I do. I like doing it in small venues. I like doing it mm -hmm. in large venues. Um, I wouldn't mind a part on a really good show. I, I, that is a thing I wouldn't mind, you know. Um, a, as a sitcom or any? Anything. It could be any show, yeah. you know, a, a dramedy, a, a dark comedy, a, a, even a dramedy. You know, it would be nice 
I've never been cast as a lawyer or a lesbian. Go figure. (laughs) I just went in for a part of a middle-aged lesbian walking her dogs. I said, if I don't get this part, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) How could I... I, I haven't I haven't heard. What so. a great out. Thank you, Maggie Thank Casella, you so much, for joining us on The Art of Comedy. Mazel. I'm Sandra Carusi. Tune in next week with more Art of Comedy. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And here we roll the credits. Host, Sandra Carusi. Research assistant, Dayton, going to be a star hail. Contributor, Christine, radio star Cardoso. Studio producer, Adam, no pants, Zizzo. Executive producer, Vince, leave the gun and take the cannoli negro.